I want it. Jesus, Jesus, then answers her, oh woman, can you imagine this? Where Jesus is like, get on my side, you know, I didn't come for you, I'm not going to feed you, you're a dog. And then she says that and Jesus comes back with, oh woman, I can just see him looking back at the disciples, did you hear this? Oh woman, great is your faith, be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed (laughs) instantly, not Two days later, whatever, when he felt like it, he feels like it right now. So he heals her daughter. What does that tell you? If a child, a a Gentile, a dog, because we've been adopted into God's family, we know that. At this time, she didn't know it. And Jesus said, right now, basically what he's saying is, right now is not the time, because I'm here to feed the Israelites, and then I'll feed you. Right? We know that. Why? How do we know that? Because even if we look to the back of the, the scriptures, we say Paul. Paul is what? He was an apostles of the Gentiles, right? If God was not was trying to omit us, why would he make Paul an apostle for us? So if there's anything in Scripture where you're just like, I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand, just read that and you'll know. God sent an apostle for us. Matthew 15, 29. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they put them at his feet, at Jesus' feet, and Jesus healed them all. So that the crowd wondered. When they saw the, the mute speaking, the crippled healthy, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, they glorified God of Israel. Now... We know this is a time when many people had idols, but it says right here, all these people chose to glorify God of Israel. Why is that? Why would God show up, heal all these people, and they, and they actually start glorifying the Father? You ever wonder that? If they had other idols, couldn't they just be saying, that, you know, I thank Ra or whoever, right? Couldn't they just say that? When, I just felt like God said he wanted me to do something, so I'm going to interrupt that. Um, Mike Paul Hemus, he's to blame, so you can write him a letter. His email is mike at therock.org. <laughs> um, he was praying for me today, and he got a word from the Lord that I'm to breathe in, and something that God's going to impart in me is going to breathe out on everyone in this room. And it has nothing to do with who I am. It's just everything of who he is. And so right in mid-sentence, I just love the Lord because he just knows how to speak to me. Um, he just interrupted me and reminded me of that, that moment. Um, and so I want to do that right now. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, this is just weird. I don't want any part of this. Um, there's a lot of things that Christ did that you can say are weird or you can say, you know, it's the truth. And... What he brings is the truth. And so I'm going to breathe in, I'm going to exhale out, and I'm going to take a deep breath and just receive. Close your eyes and just receive. Remember, it's not about your past, it's about your destiny and what Jesus Christ has already done for you. Are you ready?
I heard him say one more time, so I had to do it again. All right. So um, they glorified the God of Israel. Jesus Christ only did what he saw his father doing. And so if, if my son, you guys, many of you know my son Lucas, when he starts to act, they're like, oh, you're, you're Kurt's son, you know, you, you just know him. I believe what happened is that Jesus Christ was operating the way the father wanted him to operate, and then people understood who the father was, right? Because it doesn't say anything about, he told them about the father and who the father God was. It doesn't say anything. He just said he healed them, and they glorified the father. Now let's move to um, Matthew 8, verse 5. When he, when Jesus, had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. Now we know, because of what Jesus has said, the servant really doesn't know what the master is doing, right? They don't have a really tight bond. Um, And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with, with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom, remember that, sons of the kingdom, will uh, be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to go there. And to the centurion, Jesus said, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment or depending on the translation, uh, hour. So he says, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the darkness. And so a lot of times if we look at um, the history about this, the sons of the kingdom were considered Jewish people. Right? You guys understand that? And so a lot of people say, well, if they're the ones that receive this, how is this man able to receive this? And he's saying they're not going to receive it. This faith right here, I'm being trained. God was being trans. Jesus Christ was being transitioned to actually lead everyone, not just the Jews, right? The dogs included. And he said in the right there that there's lots of people, lots of the sons of kingdom who are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven because they're not going to confess who I am, who he is. So you have a choice. You decide it. Jesus is your savior. Amen. Therefore, you are included in the kingdom, but you can be a chosen one and be rejected because you refuse to um, receive Jesus Christ. If you're not picking up what I'm putting down, we have two Gentiles, one whose army was, if you want to say it in a wide way, was responsible for Jesus' death. Jesus wasn't punished by Roman law, or he was punished by Roman law, it wasn't Jewish law. And the Romans crucified him, right? I know it was the Jewish people who wished it, and so they did it. And he heals this man. Earlier we have a Canaanite woman who did not get along with Jews. Um, the Israelites did not get along with the Canaanites. And he heals her daughter. Neither one of them at this time of this writing were actually in the kingdom of God. 
What does that tell you? What it tells me is you have more authority than you realize. You have more of what God has to give, wants to offer you than you realize. Jesus Christ did not come to mess around. He came to pick a fight. And he picked a good fight with the enemy. And he defeated him with love. So many of us think that love is not a weapon, but I'm here to tell you it is. Perfect love casts out fear. If I can speak in the tongues of angels and of men, but I don't have love, I'm a resounding gong, a clinging symbol. If I can prophesy and understand all the depths of knowledge, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give my body over to the flame, die a martyr's death, and all I possess to the poor, I give it to them, but I don't have love, I will gain nothing. From then on, he tells us what is love. Love is patient, love is kind. We forget the power of love. And so some of you are here tonight, and you have a loved one, someone around you, and you're just like, you know what, I want them healed. Am I, am I making this up? Does anyone want their loved ones healed? All right. And so we're going to get to a, a point in the night, about 8.15, about 10 minutes, where we do an activation. And you're going to pick out around you, either your loved one or you're going to pick out the biggest, scariest obstacle that you can face. And we're not going to operate by fear. We're going to operate in love. I can tell you, if I may, God, God does not want a 12-year-old boy suffering. He doesn't want you suffering. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Who's the father of all lies? The enemy, Satan. He's lied to you. People think they're like, oh, you know what? I received this from God because God wanted me to have this because I was found worthy of having such a disease, and therefore um, I'm going to bring him glory. So I'm going I'm to go through this. I'm going to die this death with this disease, and therefore give God glory. We don't understand the mysteries, why some people get healed and others don't. But I can tell you, God said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the demons. Did he not? And so why are we sitting there in our seats? Why am I sitting here in my seat and not doing anything about it? Do you really think that God called us to be in the church in the, in the pews and just sit there and go, you know what? Life is good. Life is good. Is that what he called us to? So if you can't convince me that a 12-year-old boy, God wants him to have a disease, then why aren't you praying for him? I'm calling you out. I'm calling myself out. I'm tired of us sitting down and saying, you know what, Satan? I'm okay with the world the way it is. I'm flipping tired of it. 
I pray in this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that way. Why? Because Jesus Christ told me to. And if I'm going to ask for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, guess what? His will is perfect in heaven. Do I want him in control of my life? Amen, I do. I don't want to be in control of my life anymore. I'm tired of messing it up. I'm, I'm tired of messing it up, making too many mistakes. I know I'll still make mistakes when I put God in control, when I already put him in control. That's okay. But I want him in control. I don't want to be leading my life. So you have a choice. Do you want God in control of your life, or do you want to be in control of your life? By your stunned silence, I'm not very reassured. Do you want God? Why? When, so when you're going to look out today, when, during the activation here in a little bit, when you look out, you're not going to operate in fear. You can operate in love, right? You're going to look around, you're going to say, all right, who here, God, is on your heart? Now, you may, look, you may think, oh, okay, it's Austin, young boy up here in the front. You're like, well, I don't want to pray for him because if nothing happens, then, you know, they're going to judge me. You know, many people have prayed for me, and I didn't see anything happen, but I was blessed by the fact that they believe in Christ. I was blessed by the fact that they love me enough to risk their, their, their reputation and pray for me. What's going to happen if nothing happens? Nothing. But if this person goes home tonight completely healed or delivered or rescued or forgiven, what's the next week of your life going to look like? Will you not be singing praises? Will you not tell every person you come across, man, you would not guess what happened Wednesday night. There's some schmuck up on the stage, I don't remember his name, but Jesus told me I need to go pray for this guy, and I went and I prayed for him, and then God delivered him, and it was, I mean, he suffered from addiction for like 12 years. And God just like totally, he just took the, you know, dope out of his pocket and he threw it in the trash. I was amazed by it. Why do we not live for the testimony or the praise report Instead of the fear of what might not happen. Jesus said this in Mark 16, 17. He said this. My believers. He didn't say my pastors. My anointed ones. He said those who believe in me, in Jesus Christ. They will lay hands on the sick and they will see them what? Recover. This last parable... This is actually a parable. This parable that I'm going to read right now has to do with the tenacity that we need. Listen closely. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. I'm going to go all the way to 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. All right? I'm going to read that to you one more time, and I just want it to soak in. And Jesus Christ told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, I will say Kassarok, right? There was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice 
against my adversary. For a while, he refused. We don't know how long she kept coming, but we know it must have been a while. But after, um, afterwards, he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me, <laughs> beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, and Jesus then said, so he's unjust, right? Right? He's going to show her justice. Got it? You with me? I don't, I can't hear you people. All right? So if you don't hear me, just say no. Right? All right, so you're with me. And the Lord said, Jesus Christ said to her, he or, or said to them, hear what the unrighteous judge says. So we just heard what he said, right? Jesus now says, and will not God give justice to his elect, to us? Right? To us? Did you, did you choose Christ? Christ chose you. From the foundations of this world, you were chosen. You're his elect. Who cry to him day and night. Kevin. How often do you cry to God? Not as often as you should? I feel like you're someone who cries to him pretty often, though. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This faith is what we call um, contending. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He wants you well, and therefore I'm going to continue to pray for you until I see it happen. Do you guys know who Andrew Womack is? Yeah. Woo! Shout out for Andrew Womack. Um, Anna was there. So he, he shared a bit about his ministry, and he said uh, something that was pretty amazing. He said a lot of things that were amazing. Um, One thing he said is that he doesn't operate with the gift of healing. He operates with the authority of Jesus Christ. If he's operating with, the, with just the authority of Jesus Christ, not the healing gift, do you know he had like, was it five guys, five people that were raised from the dead? And his son was one of them. We would say, well, I need to have the gift of healing before I can pray for someone in that manner. But yet, remember, Jesus said, my believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll see them recover." Right? So you can have the healing gift, but you also can just lay hands on a believer of Jesus Christ. He said he, wor he worked with a lady for a while, and she said that she believes 90 to 95% of the people that she prayed for who got healed actually lost the healing because they didn't know how to keep it. Catherine Coleman. And so he said to himself, Smart man, what can I do about this? I can teach them how to keep their healing. To walk with the authority. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. But guess what? God's all about you. He sent his son to die for you. Hope that's not news to you. And so... I want you to ask this question of yourself. 
Jesus Christ went and said, when I return, will I find faith on earth like that? Will I contend until I see it happen? Because I believe it, I, I trust in it, that's going to happen. Will I see that faith? Ask yourself, just a simple question. Will Jesus find that faith in me? Because this is not about me. This is about us. And I know everyone in this room, I believe everyone in this room wants to say, man, when Jesus comes back, I know he's going to find that faith in me. I know he's going to find that faith in me. That's what we want. But ask yourself an honest question. Will he find that faith in you? Now, if you're looking at your past, you're going, well, not based on my past. Then get to your identity. You're a son. You're a daughter. Jesus calls you friend. He's your king. He said, I give you all authority. So if you have that, what are you waiting for? Is it because, well, I prayed for someone one time and they didn't get healed? Is that the reason? Turn your Bibles. This is where I'm going to close. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, 1 Timothy 4.14. And then we're going to go to 2 Timothy 1.6. 4.14, do not neglect the gift you have which was given uh, to you by prophecy when the council of elders lay their hands on you, right? Don't, don't. So if you're asking God, God, give me the gift of healing, right? And I, I believe Anne-Marie just received the gift of healing, right? Whoop, whoop. And this is the next part that many people don't understand. 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So this is Paul talking to Timothy. So he's saying this, you, whatever gift you have, you have to fan it into flame. So right now it's, it comes to you, it's an ember, right? And we know we can start a fire with an ember, right? You're going to fan it into flame. How do you think you're going to fan your gift into flame? What's that? Share it. Okay, I like that. What else? Using it. Use it. Do you, um, there's, there's testimony after testimony that Heidi Baker prayed for, it reads 500, but I don't know if she actually kept count because that's a lot of people to keep count of. Um, she has prayed for 500 blind people before she saw the first one healed. That's tenacity. That's trust. I'm not going to give up on God on that. Like I'm not going to give up on, on God healing Austin. What else, Father? Close the book, he said. I'm closing the book. You already have it, guys. It may be lying dormant inside you. You may say, no, I need a pastor. I caution you. I went to seminary. It doesn't read that. That was supposed to be funny, but I guess not. Right? I studied it. It doesn't read, you need a pastor. You just need Jesus Christ. I proved this up at the Word is at Heart conference. Had 56 guys or 64, something like that. 
and this guy needed healing, and he asked me to pray for him. And I said, sure, I'm going to get everyone around me. And he said, no, no, I can't take the blame. I said, no, the blame's not going to be yours. Don't worry about it. Turned back around. And he said, wait, 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 I'm not going to lie. And I said, I wouldn't want you to. Grabbed everyone around me. I said, who here has never prayed for a guy who never, or, or has never seen anyone get healed? And like seven guys raised their hand. So I picked the smallest guy out just in case things got ugly. And so I picked him up. He came over. I said, I want you to pray for him. He looked at me like, you're stupid. You need like someone who has the gift, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, no, we're going to use the name Jesus Christ. And just because you use that name, things are going to happen that you've never seen before. So he prays for him once, has his hand on him. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command all pain to leave this man's legs. All inflammation. We, I just led him through it. But he prayed. And then we said, check it out, John. John, he's a 50-year-old dentist. He's like, yeah, it's better. It's like maybe like 70% better. And he's going down further. I'm like, let's pray again. So we prayed again. And he's like all the way down now. He's jumping up. He's touching these eight-foot beams, touching them. And he's running. I'm like, you're a 50-year-old dentist. What are you doing running around, jumping up and down? He said, I haven't been able to jump for two years. I'm like, well, praise God, man. He just got hit. Well, this other kid comes out and goes, will you pray for me? I'm like, you weren't watching. I wasn't praying for the first guy. <laughs> we just used the name Jesus Christ. God actually said, you know what? You've never seen me. I'm going to show you who I am and show this man who he is. And that guy got healed. Next thing you know, I'm on the outside of the circle, and this was whole, like, this, what do you want to call it? A feeding frenzy was happening inside. I looked over, and I just remembered a testimony that I'm supposed to share. I went to the outlet mall and prayed before I went out there, and God led me to Chico's, the women's clothing store, and that's where I shop. And <laughs> I go inside, and I had this older guy with me, and um, he's kind of like not wanting to go inside because it's women's clothing. And so I went inside, and I said, hey, we're here to pray for you. And the employee said, um, I said, how can I pray for you? And she said, well, uh, last night I was actually praying with my dad that we would find a place for him to start his church. And I started to laugh. And she's like, why are you laughing at me? And I said, because now I know why I'm here. My wife and I started a theater here in Castle Rock, a children's theater called Spotlight, and we don't use it on Sundays. We would love it to offer to your dad. And she's like, what? Well, when her dad and mother showed up to walk through the facility, they were looking at me like I was some biblical character. You know, they're like, can we touch him? Is is that okay? Why do I share that with you? Because when I walked out of that store, I said, God, that was amazing what you just did. I kid you not, what I got in my mind was this message from God. Imagine if everyone's listening to my voice. The voice of God doesn't condemn you. It doesn't punish you. Because he'd be going against what he already did for you. And he had his son die for you. His son's perfect, you're not. His son has made you righteous, you're not. He wants to speak to you. And so right now, we're going to do an activation. I just want you guys to look around the room. Everyone look at each other. Look at each other. Just scan the room. Now, some of you are going to get scared. It's okay. You're in a safe environment, okay? The kids do this. Oh, I got to tell you this. While you're looking around, I got to tell you this story. So I got prophesied over by the kids this weekend. And this little boy, uh, his name is Carter. He, uh, he said to me, <laughs> I said, what you, or he said, uh, he said, I got, um, God told me you're a donkey. Or no, he said, uh, yeah, a donkey. I'm like, what? Really? I said, what did he say about that? Did he give you an explanation? He said, yeah, because you carry Jesus everywhere. 
I was like, man, let me just sit down because I got to. It was amazing. This little boy just saying what God, what he heard God say. It was just beautiful. So does everyone have a picture of everyone in their the mind of who is here? Now close your eyes. Close your eyes. We're going to ask God for something real quick. We're going to say, God, I trust you. Right? So repeat after me. Father God, I trust you. The first person I see in my mind, when I say amen, I'm going to go and pray for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Who do you show? Who do you show? Who do you show? Come on. Don't be looking at me like that. How many people got someone but you're just afraid to say, no, don't be leaving, Amory. Where are you going? Oh, you're going to go pray for her. Okay, I'm sorry. I repent. Yeah, please. So if you have that person in mind, I want you to go pray. I want you to go ask him, what, what can I pray for? God led me to you. What is it that I need to be praying for? Right? Now, some of you, some of you are like, uh, I got someone, but uh, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm off limits, by the way. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and so no matter what, I know you two, you guys, you guys got someone. So don't just sit there. I know you two. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't each other. So just go. Nothing's going to be, what's going to happen if nothing happens? Nothing's going to happen. So all you have to do is get a picture in your mind. And now you're going to be activated and you're going to go forward. And you're just going to say, hey, how can I pray for you? They'll tell you. And then you pray it. And just trust God's going to do his rest. I had a five-year-old boy, five years old, right? Comes home. His mom fell down the stairs. Her leg was up on the couch. It was hurt. Her, she rolled her ankle. It was all black and blue. He says, mom, can I pray for you? She said, sure. He goes to pray for her. She tries to lead the prayer. And he goes, no, mom, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command your ankle to be healed. Amen. And then he walks away. And he turns around and looks at his mom and says, now it's up to Jesus. Now it's up to Jesus. What was he saying? I've done what Jesus asked me to do. He's going to do the rest. The next day she woke up, not during the, the night when he prayed, but the next night when she woke up, she was completely healed. Right? So just trust God. Get out there. We'll see the rest. Right?
So before we go, how do you, the healing that you just received, the prayer you just received, how do you stay in that prayer? Luna, Miss, 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 Miss Luna, can you please continue to play? Yeah. All right. And so what I'm going to ask you guys to do is when you're at home and something happens, so um, see my body's itching right now. That's a really good sign, folks. It means the nerves are coming back in line. I've been fighting something for nine years, and uh, I believe it's gone. And uh, my body's itching, which all my neurologists say that's a sign that your nerves are coming back in line. So just praise Jesus. And so when you're at home and something happens where, say, you got prayer for someone shot something out. Who here got prayer for some kind of disease? Shot something out allergies and you start to like feel that tickle right like I need to sneeze you are going to verbalize verbally tell that thing to go away you're going to command it to go I know it sounds crazy but remember Proverbs you have the power of life or death in your tongue right you have authority given to you by Jesus Christ so do you want to operate with that or you just want to let things be status quo so you're going to say to that thing in the name of Jesus Christ I command that you go right now Leave me alone. I have no allergies. I just was got, I got, I got prayer for this by the believers. I am healed of this in Jesus' name. You can pray for yourself and get healed. If Anne Marie prays for you, you know she got healed because I know she shared the, you know. Anyways, so I want to pray for Austin. And then anyone else who wants to join me to pray for Austin, um, please do. And I'm going to close this in prayer right now, right? So Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. Father, I just ask that you... You show up mightily in everyone's life, Father, where they know that this is your word. This is the, the true, simple gospel of who you are and what you want, um, just to see in your own people. It's all about you, God. What's so amazing is that you're all about us. Why did you ever look our way? I'll never know. But I'm so thankful that you have. Bless the people as they go. Let them know that what they carry is truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So we're going to get out of here. Thank you.